Welcome to the SCMS Classical Conversations podcast, recorded live at the Seattle Chamber Music Society's 2019 Summer Festival. I'm Dave Beck. I hope you enjoy these in-depth conversations with festival musicians. You can find more episodes at seattlechambermusic.org and at king.org and most podcasting platforms. Please rate and review us wherever you listen and enjoy this latest classical conversation. Violinist Erin Keefe was at the 2019 SCMS Summer Festival. She's the concertmaster of the Minnesota Orchestra, and she's married to the orchestra's music director, Osmo Venska. Erin shares a recording she's made of music by Jean Sibelius, and she talks about how she's come to a deeper understanding of Finland's great hero Sibelius through her travels and performances with her Finnish husband, Osmo. Welcome back to the Steinway Piano Gallery in downtown Seattle on this Friday afternoon, July 19th, 2019, for another Classical Conversations podcast from the Seattle Chamber Music Society and Classical King FM 98.1. I'm Dave Beck from King FM, where we are bringing you all the summer festival concerts live from Nordstrom Recital Hall. And this afternoon, we're back with a live audience for our podcast series. We're in week three of the Summer Festival in Seattle. Our, our guest who is playing concerts this week divides her time between the nation of Finland and the state of Minnesota, where she's served since 2011 as the concertmaster of the Minnesota Orchestra. Her husband, Osmo Venska, conducts that acclaimed ensemble, and he's also a Seattle Chamber Music Society artist whose clarinet playing you may have enjoyed here. Aaron is a leading figure in the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center and is well represented on recordings as a chamber musician, as we'll hear. Her teachers have included Ida Kavafian, Arnold Steinhardt, and Philip Setzer in her studies at Juilliard and the Curtis Institute of Music. Please welcome Aaron Keefe to our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm going to jump right into the orchestral okay. part of the proceedings, and then we'll go to chamber music. You chose an excerpt from the Mahler Second Symphony, mm-hmm. as recorded by the Minnesota Orchestra, conducted by your husband, Osmo Venska. Um, this speaks to your work as a concertmaster of this um, great orchestra. When did this recording session happen? Uh, it was about two years ago in the summer. We've been... Uh, recording all of the Mahler symphonies. We are about two-thirds of the way done. Wow. So number two is one of the big ones that has choir. Um, and I, I would have to say it's my favorite of all of the Mahler symphonies of the 10. Um, and this moment that I chose is uh, very near the end of the symphony. It's when the whole choir is singing and the orchestra is going crazy. And I think it is possibly one of my very favorite moments in all of the orchestral wow. literature. Definitely that's, to play. That's saying a lot. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, how is doing a, a Mahler symphony unlike any other experience mm. musically? Mahler is, the music is always so intense, and it's, he has every emotion you could possibly imagine. Um, the symphonies are quite long compared to others, um, usually about an hour. Um, so by the end... I can say for sure that you are exhausted <laughs> emotionally and physically. Um, and, and I would say that Mahler is one of the main reasons I decided to join an orchestra. Um, you don't get to play a lot of Mahler. There's a piano quartet. Um, but other than that, I had not really been exposed to much of his music. Um, there are songs, of course, but 
but playing the symphonies is something, an experience you don't get anywhere else. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, how is this recording um, such an extraordinary showcase of um, the work of, of your husband and your fellow musicians mm. and the solos? I mean, everybody mm -hmm. has a lot to do yeah. here. Yeah, well, I, you know, the great thing about recording is it is sort of like a master class for the ears, for the players, because um, we're not doing, we're doing studio recordings. They're not live recordings. So we, we would have mm. rec uh, performed the piece three times a week before, but okay. then we sit down to record it and you record maybe a movement, and then you go back to the booth and you listen to it, and there's a lot of marking down of things that need to be done. Um, but I think Mahler's music is so intricate that it really is up to all of the players, not just the conductor, to be sort of like on their A game. So Osmo has to um, be in charge of the overall structure and making sure people are as together as they can be. However, it's up to the individual players really to take care of their own playing and using their ears because there's so much going on at any given time. It is incredibly complex music. Yeah, so much to keep track of. Yeah. When you talk about going back to the booth in a studio mm -hmm. session, um, who, who is part of that team? Well, you know, back in the, the days when I started, we were doing a Sibelius cycle. Um, and at that point, it was basically the principal players and Osmo and our producer and the sound engineer. Um, but then Osmo started encouraging as many people to come back as, as uh, people who wanted to come back. So at this point, there are usually about 50 or 60 people squeezed in this rehearsal wow. room in the back <laughs> of our hall, um, which I think leads to an even better result because everyone is on the same page and really hearing honestly what is going right. on. Because oftentimes as musicians, we have this imagination, we have this idea of what's, what it sounds like, and oftentimes you're quite surprised when you hear the, the actual result. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully sometimes surprised in a good way, but oftentimes it's, it's, it's a little eye-opening, right, maybe right. in not the best way. Yeah, and with a big, complicated symphony like that, you yeah. need to get perspective. So I, I mean, I know you have to control the editing process and the input, but the, the idea of 50 or 60 people mm -hmm. having some sort of say yeah. into it is... And I think it really speeds up the process, too, because it's not just the, the engineer, uh, the producer, or Osmo giving all this feedback. Everyone is hearing it for themselves, too. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think the detail, uh, the level of detail you can go into is, is quite a bit um, better than it would be if it was just the principal players. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's listen to a little bit of this final okay. movement from the Mahler Second Symphony from the Minnesota Orchestra conducted by Osmo Venska.
Minnesota Orchestra's recording of the Mahler Second Symphony. What, what do you hear your husband do in this music um, and, and that, that impresses you and, um, and just makes you proud for, for him and for the orchestra and all your colleagues? Well, to be honest, when I'm thinking about this section, I'm visualizing it more. And there's this great compilation you can find on YouTube of the climax, which we just heard, of every conductor on YouTube conducting it. And you just see them like <laughs> opening up and they're going crazy and their faces ecstatic. Uh, so that's more my memory of it. But I think that's, um, I think it's very hard to control your emotions at that point. It's this giant moment and there's, you know, the choir is singing as loud as they possibly can. The orchestra's playing giant tremolos. And so I, I think it's, it's hard to describe it, but I can, I can visualize it in my head as this just huge um, climax. Mm -hmm. So, but I think that it, it's definitely his favorite moment of the symphony. And I, can't say for sure, but I would say of all the symphonies as well. Mm -hmm. It's just this ecstatic joy. Yeah. yeah. So um, the cycle, you're doing this, the entire cycle. Mm -hmm. um, what's, what's the next step in that process? Well, uh, about three weeks ago, we just did number 10, um, the Cook version, because 10, Mahler didn't finish it himself. Um, but next year, we are doing number nine. And at this point, we've gotten to the symphonies, which I have never played. So we've, we're going to do nine next year, and then three, and then eight. Um, so I'm really excited to learn those. I feel like um, they're good ones to save for the end. They're very complex, and, and number eight especially is not done very often because mm -hmm. there's so many people involved. Oh, huge. Um, so I think that now I am more equipped to have a better understanding of Mahler's music after we've already recorded, what, seven of them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Mahler is, is definitely up there in terms of my favorite music to, to play and perform. Mm -hmm. Um, because, as we alluded to in the introduction, your husband is a native of Finland, mm -hmm. um, and Finnish music is is important to you both. How do you how do you divide your time between Finland and Minnesota? Mm. Well, I do um, about half the year in Minnesota. I play. Uh, he conducts a little bit less than that. He guess conducts all over. But we have an apartment in Minneapolis, and we have an apartment in Helsinki, mm -hmm. um, which is a city I didn't know very much until. I met him about seven years ago. Um, so we are there f as much as we can be, which is not enough, I would say. Uh, about two months a year, um, we try to spend Christmas there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we spend at least a couple weeks in the summer. We were just there two weeks ago um, with his whole family. We rented a little cabin on the lake, which is a very Finnish thing to do in the <laughs> summer. And it had three saunas, which very is nice. very Finnish. <laughs> uh, so we try to go there as much as we can, but I, I hope it's more in the future. Oh, so you've really come to, to, to love the place. Yeah, I really do. And, and um, his whole family is there, but we have many, many friends. And it really does feel like a second home now, which I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. So, um, Finland's Jean Sibelius, such mm -hmm. a revered figure internationally. Um, how have you come to understand how deeply revered he is in, in his native country? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, amongst musicians, he's very famous, but, but everyone else as well. I mean, Finland only has about five million people, um, and, and Sibelius is definitely one of the most prominent Finnish figures mm -hmm. um, that there ever was. And so... Um, being married to a, a huge Sibelius fan and conductor. Um, we've spent a lot of time, we've been to the house a few times where he lived, and um, I think I, I know 
much more about Sibelius than I ever thought I would know. Mm, um, yeah. Osmo conducts so much Sibelius all the time, and like I said, we've recorded all the symphonies, and we play them all the time, and when I travel with him, of course, many orchestras want him to conduct Sibelius, yeah. so um, it's been a really interesting time to get, uh, get to know his music further. So this Sibelius house and estate mm-hmm. is called Inola? Yes, Inola, exactly. Uh, at, yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, please, <laughs> please do. I could, uh, fortunately, our morning announcer at King FM spent a year in Finland, mm-hmm. so he's coaching me all the time. Yep. Um, but I understand when you go there, it's just like you, you get, a, get a sense of who he was and how he thought and what he was all yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. They've kept it so similar. And, and there's, you know, there are not a lot of buildings around Finland outside of Helsinki. I'm always surprised. You drive like... 10 minutes and you're in farm country. Mm. Um, so it's, it's quite remote. Um, and usually the, only the downstairs part of the house is available for tours. Um, but when Osmo and I took two friends there, this is like a very Finnish thing. They don't like to admit that they know who someone is. So while everyone knew who Osmo was when we went to the house, no one was like, they were maybe giving him a side eye a little bit. But, um, but as we walked out of the house, this guy sort of creeped up to us and said, maestro, would you like to see the second the second floor? And we were like, yes, of course. <laughs> so we went up, and that's where the, a lot of um, like gifts that were given to him were, and and he um, slept up there often. So it was it was a nice thing to see sort of the other part of the house. Mm-hmm. But uh, and the, and the, the the landscaping and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's so Finnish. Yeah, like yeah. the the rolling uh, hills and the trees. Forest is a huge thing in Finland, of right. course. Um, but it was very um, peaceful, although I do know that he spent a lot of time in the city drinking in bars, so I think... Yeah, yeah, that was a big part of his life. Yes, Um, it was. How is there, and we're going to hear you play Sibelius, Mm -hmm. is what the big lead-up is. I figured, yeah. Um, How is there a feel and character to the music that you've you've come to really appreciate and Mm. love? Well, the interesting thing is the recording we're going to hear was made two years before I'd ever even heard Osmo Vanska's name, which is kind of funny. So I feel like the way I played it then would probably be quite different than the way I would play this piece now. Um, but, but he has this sort of melancholic feel often. This is, um, I'm going to be playing the romance, which is I, what I thought was just like a very beautiful, simple song. But I think the more I know about Sibelius, there's probably more of an underlying sadness to it in some ways. So I feel like I should make like a companion recording to this at some point, um, and with Osmo's help, because he feels this music so um, deeply. It's mm-hmm. just sort of part of who he is. Yeah, well, so tell me, you, you, you say that you would, you would approach it differently now. What, what have you learned about Sibelius or come to understand? through? Well, just like I was saying with Mahler, I think the more you play any composer's music, the more you have an idea of, of sort of their style and their character. And so the only piece probably by Sibelius I had played before 2010 was the Violin Concerto. But now, after playing seven symphonies and like, I don't even know, 50 tone poems, my idea of his music is quite different. Um, much more so than than most other composers, to be honest. I didn't realize that Sibelius had written as much orchestral music as he did. Um, so I think I know that the two sides. I don't look at it just as, oh, this is pretty music. I know much more about his life um, and the, the sort of troubles that he had in his yeah. life. So nothing is as simple as it appears. I, I just adore the symphonies. So not only do we have you, know, you and Osmo coming to visit, but uh, Thomas Dausgaard, yeah. who did the Sibelius uh, cycle here in Seattle, um, 
what a what an extraordinary journey it is through those yeah. through those symphonies. Yeah, it really is, and and they're so interesting. I'm always so surprised by the endings of the symphonies. He sort of just like finishes. Like there's no, it's not like Mahler with this gigantic grand ending. He doesn't. He's not a people pleaser, and so <laughs> it's sort of they're compact in their own way. I mean, like the seventh symphony is 20 minutes, yeah, but one yeah. movement, and um, but sometimes at the end you're like. Oh, is that really done? Oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. With the exception of the of the Sibelius Fifth Symphony. Yes, that's probably why it's the most famous one, or number two and number the, five have the best <laughs> endings in terms of what we're used to. Maybe. Oh my gosh, the way he ratchets up the tension in the yeah. last few. All those chords. Of, yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's listen to this romance, okay. and we'll uh, and um, let me a word about your collaborator here too, mm -hmm. who uh, connects to Seattle. This is mm -hmm. Anna Polunsky. The a wonderful pianist. Yeah, Anna and I have uh, been playing together since maybe 2004. She is my uh, usual recital partner. I love playing with her. She's incredibly inspiring as a pianist, and, and she she's one of the few people who will tell me when I sound like really bad. Like She'll just be like, no, that doesn't sound good. What are you doing? So I really appreciate that. We're, we're true collaborators, and, and we're also quite good friends. Yeah, very good. So uh, Anna and uh, Aaron playing this romance, Opus 78 by Jean Sibelius. Beautiful touch Thanks. there. You yeah. know, actually, I just remembered something about this piece. When I decided to audition for my position with the Minnesota Orchestra, uh, part of the audition process was doing a short recital. And I decided, well, they have a Finnish music director, and maybe I should play something by Sibelius, which now, in retrospect, was probably a terrible idea because <laughs> he is so picky with the Sibelius. So I was thinking, wow, I'm kind of surprised I got that job, to be honest. <laughs> I, I have no idea if he liked the way I played it, but who knows? Are there other gems like that? I, I'd never heard that before. There are. There are several short pieces by Sibelius, the humoresques, and, and several more. I'd say at least 10. Um, this is probably the easiest, technically, which is why I assume I picked it. Uh, the others are quite challenging. Sibelius, his, um, he was a violinist, actually, but his, his writing is, is very difficult for the instrument, I would say. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he aspired to be in the Vienna Philharmonic. That's right. He, he, did, he auditioned and did not get in and then, yeah. and then turned more to composing after yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing more. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Classical Conversations podcast. This podcast is a co-production of Seattle Chamber Music Society and King FM. Bill Levy is our recording engineer. The show is produced by Nikhil Sarma and co-produced by Daisha Clay. To learn more, go to seattlechambermusic.org or to king.org. 
rate, and review our podcast when you listen. And thanks for joining this latest Classical Conversation. <laughs>